I uh, will preach in a variety of churches. <clears throat> Hands down, this is the most encouraging one, this congregation. And it is uh, good to be with you this morning. <clears throat> Book of Psalms. Do you have a favorite psalm? Uh, years ago, I had my top couple favorites. Then I grew to top five, then top ten. And I've recently added Psalm 148 uh, to one of my favorite psalms. So I invite you to hear God's word this morning, Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted, his majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him, praise the Lord. And this is God's word for us today. Overall, this psalm is organized by Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And uh, right at the start of the psalm, it says, from the heavens... And then in the middle of the psalm, it says, from the earth, praise the Lord. It got me thinking about science and the existence of God. And uh, there can be often a very uneasy relationship between science and God's existence. Uh, why? Well, a telescope cannot see God. A microscope cannot discover him. We cannot measure and observe in the scientific way that God is there. Um, however, from, from my observation, and I expect many of you, from my observation of life in the world, uh, for me it is a much smaller leap of faith to believe that God exists than to make the leap that we exist merely by chance. Pure randomness has brought us to this place. There was uh, once a young man desperately seeking God. And he sought out an old man who lived in a nearby beach house and posed the question, Old man, how can I see God? The old man who knew God at a depth that few ever experience paused a long time. Finally, he told the young man quietly, Young man, I don't think I can help you. For you see, I have a very different problem. I cannot not 
see him. C.S. Lewis famously said, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Science is wonderful, and uh, science, though, should lead us not to what have we discovered. It should lead us to, oh, what God has done. Now, we don't have a time to go around the room right now, but maybe after the service I'd be curious from some of you. What is your favorite part of God's creation? That one part of creation that, that puts a little bit more wow in you. You know, maybe it's uh, ocean, maybe it's mountains, waterfalls, maybe birds. May it happens to be trees. We'll get to that in a moment. But this, this is one of the iconic and best creation psalms in the Bible. And uh, so we're going to look at praising God and creation this morning. Now, Psalm 148 is a part of the last five psalms. They form a group, the praise psalms, at the end of the book. So 150 psalms. And these five, here at the end, all five of them start with Hallelujah. And they end with Hallelujah. In the Hebrew, which we translate, praise the Lord. Uh, in Hebrew, it would be praise Yah, which is a shortened ver uh, form of Yahweh. So these last five, known as praise psalms, because they begin and end each psalm with the hallelujah. And right in the middle of the five, we have Psalm 148, which begins, praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights. I think of another one of my favorite creation psalms. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Psalm 19. We look to the heavens and we see the marking, the fingerprint of Almighty God. Now what the psalm does when it directs our eyes to the heavens, to the sky, it first of all speaks of things unseen and then moves to things seen. And so it says, praise him all his angels, praise him all his hosts. And hosts would be the angelic armies. So praise him angels, praise him angelic armies. I'm so thankful it says this because, to be honest, I don't often think about angels. Do you? And yet angels exist. Angels are a part of God's creation. The book of Hebrews says that angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. Think about it. Are there angels in this room right now? Yes. And while our focus in worship and our focus in life obviously needs to be on God, it is good to acknowledge the, the spirit world and the angels joining together to praise God. And so this psalm just helps me with that. Remember that God's creation is more than what we can just see. 
So praise him, angels. Goes on to say, praise him, sun, moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. So what's happening here? Labeling things that we can see in the sky. Now, if I were to write this, I may not write it this way. I might have said, praise the Lord. As I see the sun and the moon and the stars, I praise the Lord. But the passage says, sun, praise him. Moon, praise him. Shining stars, praise him. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you in just a minute, but not right now, okay? Because of our telescopes now, we could add to this. Praise him, sun, moon, and stars. Praise him, galaxies and solar systems, quasars, pulsars, comets, planets, everything together. Praise the Lord. There is something about looking up into the heavens and being humbled and identifying what we see up there and say, praise the Lord. In the time in which you are far away from Chicagoland, perhaps out camping where there's no light pollution, and you look up into the nighttime sky, nobody has to tell you, be in awe. As humans, we naturally are in awe. There is a stillness within us, and we look up, and there is this awe and this wonder that fills us. And I believe that is from God that points us to the one who created the heavens above. The psalm, then in verse 4, praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. So what, what, what's going on? Verse 1, praise him from the heavens. Verse 4, praise him from the heavens. And how, do we, how, do, how, how does this happen? Things unseen, the angels, and things seen. And importantly, and obviously from the Bible, it all focuses on God. Uh, we know throughout human history, people have worshipped the stars and the sun. People have attempted to somehow predict the future by looking in the nighttime sky. And no, any awe that we feel and wonder is to be reflected back to God. Now the text goes on, and uh, this is really important for us. Verse 5, let them praise the name of the Lord. Why should they praise the Lord? And this is obvious. For he commanded and they were created. They point to God as the creator. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. So not only is God the creator, God is the sustainer. We often call this God's providential care. God creates and he sustains. And so when it says, praise him, sun, moon, and stars, what's going on there? It's when the sun, moon, and stars function in their creative purpose, they are bringing praise to God. As the sun shines and as the sun warms the earth and helps create life on earth, it is pointing to the Creator. And in that sense, the sun is praising God. It is lifting our, our sight not only to the sun, but to the one who has created and to the one who has sustained. Sun, moon, and stars praise the Lord 
as you function the way God created you to function in this world. It's a beautiful idea. The psalm then turns its attention to the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so now we look at praise the Lord from the earth. And what are the first things mentioned? Interesting. Scary things. Things that scare us are the first things that are mentioned. It says the, the great sea creatures in all deeps. I mean, the things in the, the ocean, things that are out of our control. Now, of course, in modern times, we like to explore the ocean. They're even still discovering things in the depths of the ocean. But, but friends, nobody is going to be, no family is going to be like, oh, let's build our house and raise our kids at the bottom of the ocean. No, this is too mysterious. This, we can't function this way as humans. Have you ever been to the Shedd Aquarium? It's, it's a safe way to look at the scary things under the ocean. I was at the Shedd Aquarium a number of years ago and they had this huge aquarium right in the middle and everybody gathers around. And there was one creature especially that looks creepy. I mean, its face is villainous. It is the moray eel. Ooh, just looking at it, it looks like, it just looks mean. And now, as I was there, it, it came out of its hiding place and began to swim towards the edge, right towards a child. And we were safe, of course, and I was amused, but this child was scared. <laughs> came back with a moray eel. The depths of the ocean of sharks. You have an octopus, which isn't necessarily scary, but such a strange animal. You have jellyfish of all shapes and sizes that, that can sting you. Is out of control, the ocean depths. And then the Bible turns its attention not to the waters here, but the waters up here and talks about hail and snow and mist and, and fire. I think of lightning coming down that creates forest fires and those fires are out of control. It says stormy wind fulfilling his word. So what's going on? Think about this in the ancient world, the, the ocean death, scary and out of control. And, th and, then the, and then the weather. You know, us moderns, we've got our 10-day weather forecast just like this, right? We got our radar. We, we even know the arc of the rain within the next hour. Do you got that app? Huh? Yes? And yet still, weather is out of our control. Think about the ancient world. I mean, they could tell, oh, a storm is coming. But they did not know how many inches of rain. They did not know the speed of the wind. It was scary. So what is the Bible saying when it's thinking about the earth? We might not think about this at first, but it's good the Bible says this, that everything on this planet, everything is within God's creative and providential care. And for that, it is praise to God. Nothing is outside of God's care and providence. And he created it all. And so all of it brings praise to God. Then we move on to things that are, uh, whew, take a breath now, uh, a, a little less scary. Mountains. Now us Illinois Plains people, I guess we're in plain field. 
Uh, we don't have mountains, but we love to visit the mountains and the hills. They're, they're beautiful. And uh, to travel in the mountains and the hills. And so all of the, shall we say, variegated landscape, landscape with, with changes in it, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then fruit trees and all cedars. I have a comment. Uh, first of all, fruit trees, obviously. Right now, this time of year, um, every day at lunch, I have a honey crisp apple. And it is nature's candy. I cannot believe how good that tastes. Praise the Lord. You fruit trees that function for food for humans and all of the benefits that you give Praise the Lord. And then the tall cedars. When it says cedars here in the Bible, it's talking about the cedars of Lebanon, the biggest, most majestic trees, the trees that were used to line God's sanctuary in the temple. You cedars, praise the Lord. Now, this past summer, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about trees. I read it. So interesting. It was not a Christian article, but the article said this, each person should find a tree that is remarkable near where they live and, uh, and just observe this tree and have a little sense of awe over this tree. And uh, why did it say find a tree? Well, the reason why is because you and I don't live in a national park. It's not like we wake up in the morning and we're like, whoa! the Grand Canyon, okay? Uh, we're, we live around here, and what simply is the biggest biological thing that is normally around us? It, it is trees, okay? And so the article said, find a tree. And, and why? Because science has discovered that a sense of awe and wonder is healthy for us physically and emotionally. It is healthy for us. So the point is, okay, trees are big. Find a tree that amazes you and understand the awe, and this will help you physically. I read this and I thought, wow. God created us to worship him. And God also created worship to be healthy for us as well. Now, that's not why we should worship, but... Leave it to a gracious God to say, worship me, acknowledge me, and by the way, a side benefit is it's good for you physically and emotionally. And so what our world likes to do is take God out of the picture, of course, and go, <gasps> find value in awe, and then you can find it in a tree. So friends, I like the idea of finding a tree and going, oh, wow, but the point of that is that tree points us to something even, even more. And that is the one who created the tree, who created everything around us, and that is the one we are to be in awe over and have wonder and, 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 and worship God in all of his splendor and majesty. And thank God that as we do that, a side benefit is that it's good for us. So, Fruit trees and cedars, praise the Lord. Continues, beasts and all livestock. This would be wild animals and domestic animals. Praise the Lord. 
uh, you, you creeping things and flying birds. Now, flying bir birds are just amazing because they can fly. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, creeping things would be uh, reptiles and uh, also all animals that just pew, scurry along the ground. Okay, Just all animals that dart around the ground, reptiles and others. Praise the Lord. Friends, I'm going to get to the last part of the, the message here, but I just want to encourage us this week, maybe as we walk out of the doors today, or as you go for a walk, to look at God's creation, look at the heavens. And as you look at the heavens and you see the sun and the moon and maybe a few stars, and maybe you think, I thank you, God, for creating angels as well. All of this points us to praise the Lord. And as you walk along and you see, uh, most of my daisies are dead, but this morning I walked out, there's one daisy there that in its beauty is praising the Lord. It's calling me to praise the Lord. Maybe you walk in your neighborhood and there are these trees, the elm and the, the linden and the pine. They lift up their branches. All of the benefits that God has created with trees, it's all pointing to the Creator. And so a little stroll in the neighborhood this week actually can be a moment of worship for us as we see God's creation pointing us to him. Now, this is a wonderful application and takeaway of this message. Yes, take a walk, and God's created you to worship in community, but also to worship him in his creation. But there's one other thing. The psalm ends this way. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes, all rulers of the earth. And it doesn't end with just the rich and the powerful. It also says young men and maidens together, old men and children, all people, all people. This is fitting in with Genesis 1. How does Genesis 1 end? It ends with God's crown jewel in creation. God creates humans, male and female. And how does he create them? In the image of God. Therefore, that means the sun, moon, and stars are not consciously thinking we're praising the Lord. They're just doing what God created them to do, and in so doing, they're pointing to God. But God created us in his image. That means we can know God. We have spirit. We have a capacity for connection with Almighty God. We consciously can understand that there is a creator. And not only that, it says, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. Almighty God is not some um, undistinguished spiritual force pervading the atmosphere, God is knowable. He is knowable. He knows us. And through his word, through the Lord Jesus Christ, we can know God. What a blessing and a gift that is for our worship. So let us praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above heaven and earth. We can praise God and know God. And then the last verse, he has raised up a horn for his people, praise for his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him, praise the Lord. He has raised up a horn. 
The image here is that of a bull in victory, raising up his horn in victory, the strong bull. And so the horn is an image for strong deliverer, strong deliverer. Genesis chapter 1, God created and it was good. Genesis 3, humanity fell into sin and on our own, we were hopeless. So God had a plan of salvation and he began this with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the people of Israel. The people of Israel then grew and found themselves in a problem. They were slaves in Egypt. And so God, what did God do? He raised up a horn. He raised up a deliverer, and through Moses, God led his people out of Egypt. They came to the promised land. The promised land. The most fought over parcel of real estate in human history. Do you think God's people needed a deliverer? Yes, they did. So God raised up a horn, Joshua. Then raised up the judges. Raised up King Saul. And then King David. Under King David, Israel had their golden age of prosperity and security in the land. And yet David, David fell. He was, he was not the ultimate deliverer. And so God forms a covenant with David that one day I will send a horn. I will send a strong deliverer. And here when this psalm was written, the people were still longing for that horn, for that deliverer. And obviously, you know where I'm going with this. This psalm, at the very end, he has raised up a horn for his people. And we can say, praise the Lord. God has raised up and sent the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our horn. He is our strong deliverer. He has conquered the power of sin and death. And we are called not only to praise the Lord, but to trust in God's salvation goodness through the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, I do not know what has burdened you this past week. And I do not know what is stressing you out as you think about the week ahead. But may we fix our attention now on Psalm 148 the good world that God has created. And may we praise the Lord. And may we see that in our weakness, He is strong. And God has sent a horn, a strong deliverer for our salvation. And I pray that more than ever in your life, I pray myself as well, that we, must, that we might trust in Jesus Christ more than ever in the week ahead. Hallelujah. Yah, praise the Lord. Friends, I invite you to say it after me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Creator God, Savior God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we humbly ask that you would fill our hearts afresh with wonder, with a sense of awe for who you are as our creator and as our deliverer. And in this week ahead, may we worship you as we walk in your creation. And may we live for you 
as we respond to the overwhelming grace you have shown us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.